today on Real Radio. Harm, hurt, sin, rebellion, treachery, caused by others, caused by you. What do we do with it? Listen, it's washed away in Christ. Jesus did it, but it takes faith to take you to that place. In Christ, not yourself. You go to Him. Welcome to Real Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. On today's edition of Real Radio, Pastor Jack now continues his series called Anchored, a study in 1 Peter, with a message called The Christian Life, Part 1. You know, the Apostle Peter was one of the original 12 disciples of Christ who later became the leader of the first church. There were times when Peter failed the Lord, that's true, but he learned that through Christ's forgiveness and compassion, he could find joy even in the midst of failure and the pain that it causes. Peter writes to us that the Christian life is anchored in the hope of a future. Still, there is a direct correlation between our level of hope and the devotion we have towards God. He tells us to conduct ourselves in fear and reverence of the Lord, but the terrorizing fear that the Roman Emperor Nero caused for the Christian is not the same fear. There's a beautiful, healthy, and appropriate fear of the Lord that's greater than any earthly intimidation. So today, on day three of this message, Pastor Jack goes on to say that our future is bound in hope, but the past is all about our faith. It takes faith to believe that the past we had that once ensnared us has been washed away through Jesus Christ. Only He can forgive and forget. We're to take the memories of our mistakes, lay them at the cross, and by faith, leave them right there. And now in his message called The Christian Life, Part 1, here's pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs. Here's the great thing. Your past is completely dealt with. Church, are you listening? Your past is completely dealt with by faith. Amen. And I'm happy to report this morning, it's not this kind of faith. Oh, I have faith that I have put my past behind me. I got a book, 12 Steps to Putting Your Past Behind You, and I grabbed my boots and I pulled them on and I put on my big boy pants and I've determined to never let my past lead my future. No, you haven't. You just wasted money on a book. The only way, according to the way that you and I are wired, is that our faith in Christ deals with our past. When we look back through the eye of faith in the Word of God, the past no longer dogs us. It's no, we're no longer victimized by the past. This is awesome to me. Faith is knowing the method of by which God does this. How can your past be washed away? Harm, hurt, sin, rebellion, treachery, caused by others, caused by you. What do we do with it? Listen, it's washed away in Christ. Jesus did it, but it takes faith to take you to that place. In Christ, not yourself. You go to him. And here's the method. Are you ready? Get your pen out. Circle this. Knowing. Circle the word knowing. Knowing coming to the grips, grabbing the reality, 
taking God at his word, this is what I know. The Bible says this, that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. Say amen to that. The word means it implies from that Roman world that you were not purchased as a slave with silver and gold. That's how you would buy a slave in those days. How are you purchased now? What's the methodology of you and I being bought out of the slave market? We were redeemed. The whole word redeemed or redemption means that we were brought out of slavery. You say, Pastor, I was never in slavery. The Bible says you were, and I was. To my lust, to my desires, to my temper, to my pet, whatever it is, so were you. We were delivered from that by the power of God. Okay? How does that happen? We take the past, knowing what God's word has said, that we've been redeemed, not by things of this world, but by, as we'll see in a moment, the precious blood of Jesus. So circle the word knowing, because it means this, having, having something of great importance revealed to you, you know this. Have you read that in the Bible, that Jesus has washed away your sins? Having been told what the truth is or what the answer is about something? Hasn't God given you the answer in the Bible? When Jesus died on the cross, he took away our sins. That's the method. My past is washed away. Watch, it's washed away. I look to what Jesus did by faith at the cross. And that moment of faith in what Christ did at the cross washes away all of that stuff of our lives that today we're ashamed of and embarrassed of. Look, church, I am, there are sins that I committed in my life as a young person before I was a Christian that I am ashamed of and nobody knows. And when it comes to my memory, I'm still ashamed. Even though the Bible says God no longer has any memory of those sins. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sin from you, says the Lord. The Bible says, I will take your sin and I will cast them into the depths of the sea. God says, I won't remember them. Only God can forget our sins. You and I are very keenly aware of what happened to us when we were 16, 17, you have your day. Don't look at me like that. You're, you have your time. You have your place. And I'm ashamed. By faith, I know what the word of God says. I turn around with that shame and I say, wait, Lord, your Bible says that all those who trust you shall not be put to shame. So Lord, I'm going straight to the cross right now with that old memory and I am tapping into the power of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness and I leave it there. God, thank you. Faith deals with my past. Faith in Christ. Many, many Christians need to be freed from that. And can I say this? Many Christians need to stop talking about your past. Stop talking about it. You keep giving it life. By talking about it, get rid of it. By faith, put a nail in it. It was crucified at the cross with Christ. And I'm so grateful the Bible says, I love this. If you go mention silver and gold on Wall Street or Main Street, you got people's attention. God says, excuse me. I redeemed you forever in my economy. And my economy operates on blood, not this junk of silver and gold. Oh, but what's in your wallet? <laughs> Is blood in your wallet? 
Is blood on your body? Is blood in your mind? Is blood on your soul? Is blood on your spirit? Has Christ washed you clean? Listen, the Bible says, God says, I've redeemed you by the blood of my son, not with silver and gold, not with trash like that. The Bible says in the last days, right before the end of the world, the Bible says men will scour to and fro on the earth trying to gather enough gold and silver and they'll trust in those things right before the end. Every commercial I turn on is about silver and gold. And now the economy now, now it's dollars. Now everything's back on the dollars. Trash! I tell you what, when, when it matters, God says, I bought you out of the slave market of sin. I purchased you with my own blood. Man, that's liberating. I can't express and stress that enough. In John chapter 6, verse 35, John 6, 35, in the New Living Translation, I'll read it out of that version right here. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, and whoever comes to me will never be hungry again, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty, but you haven't believed in me, even though you've seen me. He's speaking to those of his day, of course. However, those the Father has given me will come to me. Before I keep reading any further, have you come to Christ? That was a work of God in your life. Do you want to come to Christ? That's God working in your life. Look what he says. I will never reject them. Do you want to come to Jesus? He'll never reject you. It kind of goes like this. Go ahead and leave it on the screen. I like this. It kind of works this way. Jesus sees you coming to him in, in thought. You're, you're wondering. You're thinking. Your mind begins to open. I think I'm believing in God. I think I want to know Christ. I want to know Jesus. You know, Jesus sees that. He sees the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. He can see it. And he sees you coming even before you make a decision. He can see that. But you need to make the decision. You need to act upon what God is doing in your life. The method is that God is at work. He did the saving at the cross, but that would require us responding to that great work of his. John 6 goes on, verse 38, for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will, verse 39, and this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me. Is that awesome? Are you a Christian today? It's because, listen, the Holy Spirit, by orders of the Father, has brought you to Christ. What a great thing that is. He has redeemed us. Well, that's a wonderful, liberating thing. When he says knowing, the word implies also uh, to reminisce, to remember. And uh, I want to I stress this today. We take our past, we leave it with God, and you don't reminisce about it anymore. What Jesus has done for us, what Jesus has done for you, when did he do it? Can I, don't, don't answer out loud, but when did he do that thing in your life? You've read your Bible. You know how many times in the Old Testament the Bible says, teach these things to your kids. Do you remember the Bible says that they would find stones, be it Jacob, be it Isaac, be it Abraham, 
be it Joshua, Moses. Do you remember what it says? It, it's, something happened, and it says, and they built an altar there of stones. Why? It was a place of remembrance. And the Bible says, tell your kids about it. We need to tell our kids more about what God is doing in our lives. I'm perhaps maybe most guilty. I don't know, maybe we're all equally guilty. But for me, as I looked at that meaning of that word, I stopped. And one of the greatest life-changing things that you can do in your life, and it's remarkable because it's not just for you, it turns out blessing those you know is to stop and recount the things that God has done in your life. You need to stop. This is hard work. It's embarrassing to admit it. You need to stop and write it down. I'm shocked. I'm shocked when I meet some of you and we'll start talking. I met someone yesterday at a retirement. Uh, Pastor Chris May, he's retiring, and we were at his house, and there were friends of his there, and I, there, was a, there was a man there. I don't remember ever meeting him before, but he's, 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 talking, about, he's talking about this church, and I'm thinking, well, how does he know? How did, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, I've been, I've been coming since the warehouse. So I, I don't remember us ever meeting. He's talking about things. Then we started talking about the little hallway. And, we, and I, I forgot about that hallway. I remember that when the church was so small, people would put chairs in the hallway. I remember when we'd open up the doors and, there people, and, and, then, and the church would spill out into the parking area. And, and listen, you meet up with people, you start talking, I remember. And then my kids will overhear that. And they'll say, what happened? And Lisa and I failed to tell them what great things God has done. And we just don't go around talking about it. Look, we're all busy, but you know what? We need to kind of slow down because I need to think back and you need to think back. You need to reminisce about what God has done in your life. And some of the things I wrote down was to remember, where did I meet Jesus? How did, I, how did Jesus and I ever meet one another? Where was that? Where was that for you? Have you told anybody about that? <laughs> Have you said anything about that? Do your kids know? Do your kids know where you met Jesus? I think my kids know. I'm not exactly, I think they know. But you know, you just start talking about how good God has been. This week in my office, it was amazing. This week in my office, Lisa and I were meeting with a young woman. She's searching. She's in philosophy in college. She's wondering. And I love how God prepares us. She asked me a question that I was completely equipped to answer because I was asked that same answer earlier in the week. This young woman in biblical guidance with Lisa and I said, how do you know God is good? Well, that was a slam dunk. You want to know why? Because earlier in the week, my eight-year-old granddaughter said, Papa, how do you know God's good? Is that amazing? If you can answer an eight-year-old, you can answer anybody. Because, you know, they keep coming back with, how come and why? <laughs> and, I, and Lisa and I said to that young woman, we know God is good because all we have to do, we don't have to, you wouldn't have to read the Bible to conclude that God is good. There's another Bible that God has made. You know that? It's two Bibles. There's the Bible you have on your lap, and there's the Bible that you look around called creation. Two witnesses, the Word of God and the creation of God. So how does that prove anything? Is there not good things in this world? Is not the sky blue? 
When's the last time you bit into a peach? Is that a miracle? Do we forget the wonderful things that God has done? Listen, focus and then stop and say, God, what's the good in my life? And one of those things is when did you meet Jesus? And I pray today, and maybe, maybe, yeah, we will end in this. Maybe today, if you're sitting here today and you claim to be a Christian, but you cannot express or to articulate how it was that you came about confessing Jesus Christ, this is a problem. And Lisa and I come from both opposite spectrums of that. She grew up in a Christian home. She cannot tell you what day or what year she was born again, but she remembers certain things of her life where her faith was confirmed to her as real. Are you with me? I, on the other hand, did not grow up in a Christian home. I can tell you that on June 20th, 1977, 41 years ago, last Wednesday night, I came to faith in Christ, I heard the gospel, and I responded. Listen, two opposite ends. Where are you in that spectrum? Did you at some point wake up to the realization, gosh, I, I, I just always grew up knowing God, but on that particular day, Jesus became so real to me? Or did you enter into that hotel, or did you drive down that road and have on the radio, and you heard the gospel, and it clicked? Like a man who came up to me last Sunday here in this church. And he said to me, I've been coming here for five years. And today, I went from walking in as a believer, heard the message, was immediately brought to a point of crisis in my heart. And it gripped me, pastor. And in that second, the hope of Jesus entered my heart because I had determined in that second to confess Christ publicly. Now, I don't know the dynamics. I don't know the exact situation, known only to God. But at some point, this man, it was, the deal was sealed when he went public with his faith in Christ. What have you done in response to all that Christ has done for you? Today, what a glorious day this is. Today at five o'clock at the beach, we're gonna get into the water and there'll be some 200 and I forget how many people that are gonna be baptized by the pastors and they're gonna be walking out there. We're gonna turn them around and have them face the crowd and we're gonna whisper to them in their ears, look, look. You've put your faith in Jesus and today you enter the waters of baptism and a public display is your faith for Christ. And I'll tell them, the pastors will tell you from this moment on, don't let anyone ever tell you that you did not publicly confess Christ because that ends today. Today is your day. And we put them into the grave as it were of association and the death of Christ. We bring them up in the association of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And not one of them will come up out of the water saying, what a disappointment that was. <laughs> not one of them will come up and say, do we need, should we do it again? Not, not one of them will come. They may come up with tears, but they'll all come up with smiles. They'll all come up with joy because there's something about confessing Christ publicly. And that is a powerful truth, Amen. Father, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your love and for your grace. Almighty God, we thank you that through Jesus Christ, we have hope and faith that abides.
We thank you, Lord, that you're the God that keeps your word. And we thank you that all of it is by the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, today in this place, right now, here and now. In fact, Christians, will you remain in prayer, but stand, please? Eyes closed, but stand. Heads bowed, eyes closed, but standing. God, we reverently stand before you right now. God of all wonders. But Lord, right now, perhaps there's somebody that is here today and now's their moment. Right where you're at, I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. We don't have the time and it's not written in some rule book, but I'll look around this sanctuary. Maybe today is the day that you would say, I'm gonna be a Christ follower. I've been religious up until now or it's clicked with me today. And I, and I want to be a, a follower of Jesus, not a follower of Calvary Chapel, not a follower of the Catholic Church, not a follower of Methodism, not a follower of the Baptist, not a, no, Jesus. Heads bowed, eyes closed, Christians pray. Maybe today is the day. And, and if you raise your hand, I'll see your hand, but I highly, highly encourage you to come on down to the beach today. God bless you. You're, that's awesome. That brother's not even waiting for me to Ask you to put a hand up. He's doing it now. Anybody else? Put your hand up. And you're, by putting your hand up, tall, high, please, so I can see. God bless you. God bless you. My goodness. God bless you. Beautiful. Anyone else? Maybe the Holy Spirit saying, you need to do this today. If you have any doubt in your heart, today's the day to do this. And I want to encourage you. God bless you. I want to encourage you to pray this, pray this prayer. In fact, for, for those of us who are believers, let's pray it nice and loud because it sounds awesome. Uh, you may not need it, but it sounds great. But our brothers and sisters with hands up today, pray this prayer. Dear Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I declare you today, my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer and I give you my sins, all of them, and I receive your righteousness, all of it, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Almighty God, amen. May today you go in the power of God, and be bold about your faith. You have direct access to God, okay? Live like it, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, amen? Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Radio, in a message called The Christian Life, Part 1. Thanks for joining us today. You know, our prayer is that your hope is in God, who is the author and finisher of our faith. The Christian Life, Part 1. It's part of Pastor Jack's series called Anchored, a study in First Peter, a series that takes us through the life and times of the Apostle Peter, whose love for Jesus Christ carried him through great persecution and whose compassion for others still inspires us today. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Radio. You know, if you just made a decision for Christ and you'd like to get a hold of somebody to talk to, maybe to help you walk through the next few steps, head over to reallifewithjackhibbs.org and hit that contact tab because we would really like to know about your decision for Christ. Maybe you've made that decision for Christ and you've got a few questions. Why don't you get in contact with us? Hit the contact tab at reallife with jackhibbs.org. You could also check out that No God video that we've got at our website. That's K-N-O-W, No God. If you've just made that decision and you'd like to know a little bit more, then head on over to reallifewithjackhibbs.org and hit that No God tab. 
Many of you have already checked out Pastor Jack's Facebook page to receive news updates and to get a biblical perspective on what's happening in our world today. Many of you have also joined Pastor Jack for live services and special interviews. So, in that light, we'd like to tell you about an upcoming event that you don't want to miss. It's called Happening Now, a live event on biblical prophecy in light of current events. Now, joining Pastor Jack will be his good friend and Middle East expert, Amir Safati. If you're in the area, why don't you join us at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, California, or you can live stream Happening Now on Pastor Jack's Facebook page or at his YouTube channel called Real Life with Jack Hibbs. It's on September 16th, 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, September 16th, 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Won't you join us? This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. I'm David J. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Radio.